Testing, testing. Hello, everybody. I said hello, everybody. Hello. Thank you, thank you. I would just like to make a quick announcement slash apology to everyone that I may have misinformed last week. I was wrong. I said that Steven Weber, a great narrator, only had one title to his name. I was very wrong about this, and for that I apologize to you and to Steven Weber. My intel was wrong. I realize now that I should have checked more than just the one source. Because sometimes you don't find what you need in one place, but everything you need can be in another. And what happened to me was that the app was not acting right that day. So it didn't pull up every title that was listed under his name. And I apologize. Steven Weber has about 14 titles under his name, give or take one or two. And he's great in, in all of them because he's who he is. I've listened to the samples of most of them. And I would like to point out two books that I think you all would enjoy that is narrated by Stephen Weber. The first one is What the Night Knows. It's written by Dean Kuntz. Give it a shot. The second one, also written by Dean Kuntz, is Darkness Under the Sun, with both titles being narrated by Stephen Weber and written by Dean Kuntz, nothing can go wrong. Again, I apologize for my mistake. And I hope you all continue to listen to Bookish Impulse's podcast. And I hope you all continue to read. Do not lose your faith in reading because I made a mistake. Thank you all. Welcome to Bookish Impulses Podcast. I'll be your host today. <laughs> we'll be your host today. No? No, that's no. <laughs> Welcome to Bookish Impulses Podcast. We'll be your host today. I'm Kenny. I'm just sorry. She can't stop laughing. Let's have some fun. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our second episode of this podcast. We will be talking about our favorite books read in 2016. Well, first off, since we started with apologies, I guess I should apologize. Because last week, I called Kenny Kenneth, because that's his name. But he obviously prefers to be called Kenny. So I am sorry. I'm Kenny on a more personal level. Kenneth is my, my real name and I use it for my penmanship. 
for when I'm writing books. But everything else, I'm Kenny. I am sorry. I just, I'm not used to calling you Kenny nor Kenneth. Well, I'm going to just say this on air. You are forgiven. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. For our favorite books uh, read in 2016, I sh- will start with Horns by Joe Hill. I don't know if any of you know, but he is actually Stephen King's son. So, Horns, it is considered a dark fantasy, gothic fiction, slash supernatural fiction. Evil. (laughs) Yes, yes, it does have to do with the devil. It has different perspectives. It doesn't just have the perspective of the main character, whose name is Ig Parrish. He's a well-off guy that has, like, a famous... um, dad who was a musician i think jazz particularly but um the book starts off with him waking up from like a hang with a, from a hangover because it's like the some anniversary of his girlfriend's or ex-girlfriend or whatever her death basically and he is, like, the main suspect, but they can never find proof that it was him. So, even though he was never tried and put in prison, he pretty much is, to the public, considered the the, the person who killed her. But, um, when he wakes up from this, from this hangover, he finds that there are little horns sprouting from his head and all of a sudden people just start spilling out their guts to him pretty much being super honest he can ask whatever and they'll tell him the truth and it's pretty weird he doesn't know what's going on and so eventually he decides to find out who killed his girlfriend especially since He can go ask people anything, and they'll tell him the truth, but they won't remember that he was there. He's like walking truth serum. Yeah, pretty much. It's it's pretty dark. Um, It does talk about religion, and it questions it. It's it's a really interesting one. I mean, there is a movie out there... um, Big Parish is actually played by Daniel Radcliffe. Um, I think it's a, it's a pretty good movie. It Harry doesn't... Potter. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty good movie. It doesn't really capture everything that goes on in the book, and they do change some things that I had some issues with. But the movie's good, though. <laughs> it's good. The book is better. So just read it. I mean, it's really good. I guess unless you don't like to read things that um, question religion and stuff like that. But it's really good. It's kind of like a mystery, um, dark fantasy kind of thing. Um, Seems like it would fit under a lot of genres. Yeah. Because, I mean, it is a mystery because he doesn't know who killed his girlfriend. And he doesn't know what happened to her before any of that started happening. 
as the book goes on, you get to see what happened before the actual murder. So, yeah. Horns by Joe Hill. Horns. My first pick that I read in 2016, I'm pretty sure the book was published in 2015, but, yeah, I actually think it was published in 2015, because I think I started reading it in 2015, and I finished it in 2016, because I'm a much slower reader when it comes to novels. But um, my first pick is Revival by Stephen King. Um, obviously, it's Stephen King, so most of his books fit into the horror genre. But, in my honest opinion, Revival isn't really a horror story as much as it is a mystery slash paranormal, paranormal mystery, if you will. Um, the main character's name is Jamie, starts out as a kid, and it pretty much just goes through his life. He meets a pastor named Charles Jacobs, and their, their paths cross a few times. And it's always a little bit more interesting every single time that their paths cross. You know, as you start to get the Stephen King feel about midway through the book, you start to realize that things are things are getting kind of weird. Not as they seem? <laughs> Definitely not as they <laughs> seem. No way at all. Um, a few gruesome parts in there. It is Stephen King. But it's a really good book. I would, I would say it's more mystery because you really don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's coming. You, you feel like you might know, but you really have no idea what's coming. There's really no horror aspect to the story until really late into the novel. And it's not very long of a horror aspect. So I don't know why it really fits into the horror genre, but I would say it's more of a paranormal mystery. If you do decide to pick this book up, I would suggest trying to read it. I would suggest trying to read it pretty much, I wouldn't say as fast as you can, but don't let yourself forget anything. If you're going to read it, you need to remember what happens in the beginning, what happens after that, what happens every second that you read the book, because it's all going to come back to you in the end, and you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I missed that. You're going to need to know. You're going to need to remember, so just try to keep it fresh. It's a really good book, and it's my favorite book. That's Revival by Stephen King. Okay. Now I have Eleanor and Park. We go a little, you know, lighter here. <laughs> Not as dark, but still, you know, it's it's um, Eleanor and Park by Rainbow Rowell. Um, it's a YA romance kind of book. I really love this one. It made me cry, I have to admit. Got me in the feels. Yeah. <laughs> so, this book starts off following Eleanor. She's a 16-year-old kid, and her family is struggling. They don't really have much in the finances, I guess I would say. They, um... <laughs> Sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe she has, like, two siblings, two or three siblings, um, and her mom and her stepdad, and they're pretty much a family that are struggling. Um, they don't have much money. <laughs> they don't have much money. And... Yeah, this family, they don't have much money, and so she has to, they all have to really 
try to get by with what they have and they have secondhand clothes and so Eleanor at school is seen like oh my goodness she's a girl that is clashing all the time and she dresses weird and she's like the the misfit the outcast not only that but she doesn't have the ideal body image like she is you know a little on the bigger side um, and she eventually you know gets to talk to this kid park who's also a misfit in school but he's more of the they leave him alone kind of quiet guy he's um a korean american uh he his mom is korean and his his dad is is caucasian so um they're both misfits and they through music and through 80s music of all <laughs> 80s music and comics they start talking to each other and they form a kind of weird friendship um that eventually turns into more which becomes even harder for Eleanor because not only does she have to struggle with her with her family life but she also has to struggle with school life and then boy trouble <laughs> because she has a, a weird relationship with Park and they don't really show their relationship at school which is kind of tough on both of them things happen and they find out that what others think isn't really that important exactly always so you know yeah it's it's uh it touches on a lot of hard ya topics i guess it sounds like a coming of age book yeah it is it, it it talks about a lot of struggles that kids have well young adults have growing up and trying to be accepted and stuff so yeah Eleanor and Park by Rainbow Rowell my second pick is more of um one that hits a little closer to the heart because, <laughs> <laughs> because it's uh a book by one of my favorite authors myself <clears throat> <clears throat> thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. It's um Misguided Justifications, and my wife actually titled that book for me because I was just stuck. I had no idea what to name it, and she nailed it, like, really well. If you ever get a chance to pick it up, excuse the, the, the few typos in there. It's my first book, okay? It's my first one. But... Um, the story basically is about a man named Ian Hunter. He starts out in a very, very interesting situation where he's kind of hanging by a thread, figuratively and literally. And he recalls a few things in his memory, which is kind of broken. And eventually he meets people that lead him down a path that he shouldn't be going down. And... It kind of gets crazy quickly for him. He wants to get out, but he doesn't want to get out. His brain is kind of like fighting itself. And that's pretty much what I was trying to get out of the story when I was writing it. 
like showing you the the inside of a mind of a person who's pretty much losing his marbles. Like I said about revival, if you don't remember everything that you read in the book, you will be confused by about halfway through the book. So it's one that you have to remember pretty much the smallest details to the biggest details. And if you do that, you should be fine. You should be able to keep <laughs> should be able to keep up with it. So, um, yeah, that's misguided justifications. <laughs> I can't tell you about the end. No matter what I say about the end of it, it's a spoiler, so I, I won't even go into it. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My next pick is one that I'm pretty sure all of you have heard about. Um, even though if you might not have read it, it is I Am Malala by Malala Yousafzai with Patricia McCormick. It is a nonfiction. And the one that I read that I think appeals more to me is the Young Readers Edition as opposed to the regular adult version, I guess. The Young Readers Edition isn't dumbed down, it's just more from her perspective it tells you what she went through and and how she felt about it in you know her perspective which the other version i heard that is more the like the historical facts the facts about her father and how he changed their lives and how you know she was influenced by him i mean it it actually also talks about the history of Pakistan and the Taliban and the all the medical jargon that goes with everything that happened to her. Which, um, I think to me, it's more personal when you hear about her side of the story. And it makes it more about her, not just about the history and her dad. And it, it talks more about her. And how she felt going through this. And Malala is, I, th she was a young girl that, she is, sorry, she is a young girl. Um, young woman now. But it starts her story of going to school in Pakistan during a time that, well, I'm pretty sure even now, it's thought that women shouldn't be going to school, that it's against, you know, the religion, against God, and you're pretty much sinning if you go to school. But this young girl, along with a few others, go to the school that her dad built and kept going, even if, you know, it was him doing all the janitor work, all the administration, everything. Like, he was pretty much doing everything. But she turns um, educational activist because she's trying to encourage other girls to fight for the right to get educated and to keep on going to school because they're trying to close all the schools and not let girls go to school. So since she becomes um, this education activist, she then gets targeted by the Taliban. And she does get shot in the in the face and so she was in critical condition she's you know flown to i believe it's england i think she's flown to a different country 
Uh, and she is pretty much, like, taken into surgery immediately. It was actually a miracle that she survived. So basically her, her family was eventually flown to where she is at, and, you know, she survived, and she can't go back home. They can't go back home because... They will get killed if they do. So she, you know, now after that, she still is an education advocate. And she is still working hard to make sure that other girls get the privilege of um, attaining an education. So yeah, I Am Malala by Malala Yousafzai with Patricia McCormick. That's the kind of story that hits you in the feels right there. It is. It made me cry. You will hear me say it made me cry a lot, I'm pretty sure. But anyway, this one really made me cry. Um, especially knowing that it's a true story. Read it. I I recommend it to anyone I get to, you know, talk to about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> She's recommended it on Litzy. Yes. Probably more than once. Yes. I started I... reading it. <laughs> that's uh, good. I haven't gotten too far, but I've started reading it. Um, my next pick, Under the Dome by Stephen King. It's um, science fiction. This one is Stephen King. Well, you know Stephen King. Notice I didn't. <laughs> notice I didn't say another book. It just went straight to her because yes. I ran out of ammo. <laughs> <laughs> this book is set in a small town. And it's pretty much, um... Small town Chester's Mill, right? Yeah, Chester's Mill. Um, it pretty much tells you, you know, it's a story about small town politics, crazy people, obviously, it's Stephen King. (laughs) (laughs) It pretty much follows mostly, well, it jumps around from, from different people in the town. Also a Stephen King thing. Yeah, it, it is a Stephen King. Pretty much the protagonist, the main protagonist, is Dale Barbara, who is a, um, he was a military guy. I don't really know what he was. I don't know. I would say something like Black Ops, probably. Uh, yeah, I think so. I don't, I don't really remember. Um, but he doesn't like to remember his past of being in the, in the military. And he's just a, you know... A guy that popped in there in that story and or in the town, sorry, and he is just a fry cook, but a lot of people don't like him. <laughs> well, not a lot of people, but just um, big Jim Jim Rainey, who's like the the head honcho in the town. Big Jim. Yeah, big Jim. I don't like him. him he doesn't like him and his son doesn't like him who's a crazy dude in the story junior yeah junior i guess he gets it from the dad (laughs) (laughs) so one day they just all of a sudden randomly there's like an invisible dome surrounding the town that causes it wreaks havoc in the whole town, because it's invisible, you can't see it, so cars, planes, anything just crashes against it, because 
it's not on the radar. You don't see it. So the only the only signs that it's there are the dead animals that get caught between it or. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it's kind of gross. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a small it's about small town politics. It's like I don't know if any of you have studied uh, psychology, but it's pretty much group think. Everyone starts forming like a mob. Like they start just it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, Big J Marini is like it's like he's the psycho of them all. There's obviously deaths. Like people just get killed just because of the dome. And there is uh there are other deaths that are murders. Um it's a lot of mystery, like what happened to these people that died or it's pretty much like a psychological experiment of like what happens to people when they're you know made to like if it's their own little world what happens to people like who takes control who tries to like be a dictator who pretty much it's like putting people in a snow globe and shaking them up pretty much (laughs) and then obviously you have like you don't just have those problems, but you also have, like, the environmental problems of being stuck inside a dome. So, yeah. So, there's destruction, murder, and you're always wondering. You don't know why the dome is there, who put the dome there. It's a messed up situation. Uh, you should read it. It is on the on the longer side. It is over a thousand, uh, thousand pages. Okay, now, moving on. We did our list of books. Now we will go to audiobooks. Audiobooks, my favorite audiobook. There's no other book that can beat it, except for maybe my second pick, but It by Stephen King, which was narrated by Stephen Weber. (laughs) Takes me back to that speech. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I don't even know where to start with It. It's just... It's an amazing story from start to finish. If you've ever seen the movie, the movie does it absolutely no justice at all. Like, none. But Stephen Weber brings out, like, the best of the book when when he reads it. Because he puts on a performance for each character. They all have their own voice. They all have their own personalities. Um, Even, like, the cadence of the way they talk, the speed of their sentences are different. And I think that that, like... That's like a performance. He just he just brings out the best of the story. And um Stephen King put everything he had into this story. Like you can tell that he left nothing on the table when it came to it. And if anything was cut out of it, I think he probably would have had a heart attack. Because <laughs> <laughs> everything he put in the book was important, even to the smallest detail. If if you just love good stories, it is the one to go with. And um I don't want to give anything away. It's just... I don't want to say anything. <laughs> There's weird stuff happening in this small town. Another small town. Yeah. Dairy, like, Maine. Kids being, like, they just disappear. And no one knows what's going on. Because everybody knows who it is. Everybody knows Pennywise the Clown. Everybody knows that. So I guess I can say that 
what makes the story really interesting is that the kids see Pennywise, but the adults don't. So it makes it that much more fun. Creepy. And creepy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to say fun um, for Pennywise, I think, because he can do whatever he wants to do. And that just makes it crazy, really. <laughs> creepy. Yeah, let's go with creepy. <laughs> let's go with creepy. In a nutshell, that's it by Stephen King. I'm not going into the detail about it because I'm just going to give spoilers away. You want to say something about it? You can't. I, I can't <laughs> it's do it. A, it's a very good book. It's very long. It's over a thousand pages. So we decided to go with the audiobook, and it's very well narrated. Um, so we uh, encourage you to go get this audiobook. I will listen to it again. <laughs> yes, me too. My second pick is The Martian, written by Andy Ware and narrated by R.C. Bray. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say about The Martian? Make a log entry. <laughs> <laughs> so one. <laughs> <laughs> the book is awesome. Like, start to finish, um, R.C. Bray... Just like I said about Stephen Weber and it, R.C. Bray brought the story to life. Um, he, in my mind, he will forever be Mark Watney. Um, <laughs> I watched the movie and I was just like, I was uh-uh. underwhelmed. <laughs> there were some mm-mms in there. And I was just like, man, if R.C. Bray was like an actual actor, he could just be Mark Watney all the time. But um, <laughs> but that movie would be so long. It would be, and it would, but it would be awesome though. Yes. Um, so if you don't know, if you haven't heard about the craze of the Martian, um, it's about a guy named Mark Watney who basically goes to Mars with a crew, and he gets stranded there. So he pretty much is a Martian because he has to live on Mars, um, and he has to survive he has to he has to find a way to eat he has to keep shelter that isn't supposed to be used as shelter as long as he used it as shelter and he goes through a lot i'm not going to tell you what happens in the end just like any other time (laughs) he survives a lot of crap though on mars before the end (laughs) there is a lot of um science mumbo jumbo but it makes it he makes it understandable like you can understand what's going on yeah it's like you know going to the hat (laughs) (laughs) disco (laughs) oh my goodness the disco and potatoes yes if you if you have not read the martian listen to the audiobook i don't this is the one time i'm gonna say i don't care about the paper listen to the audiobook Because R.C. Bray is Mark Watney. He is. Like, if you ever meet him in person after you've listened to The Martian, you're going to call him Mark Watney. Because that's (laughs) who he is. He just, it was phenomenal. And that's a word I don't use very often. Sure, sure. And that was The Martian by Andy Weir, narrated by R.C. Bray. Okay. My next pick is Americana. I apologize if I butcher the name of the author. But here I go. Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. And it was narrated by Adjua 
Ando. Sorry for the names. <laughs> I think that's pretty good, actually. Yeah? You know? Oh, well, thank you. Um, I know how it feels. My name gets messed up all the time, so I'm sorry. I apologize. Mine doesn't. <laughs> really? <laughs> Except for when you did last week. Well. Patoon Tish. <laughs> it happens. Um, so, Americana. Okay, this book is quite interesting. It follows the life of a young Nigerian woman, Ifemelu. It follows her struggles in her homeland, Nigeria, and their struggles for, like, a better education. She, in, I guess they're kind of high school, she meets this guy, Obinze, who they become, you know, a relationship. And they're pretty serious, like, these are high school sweethearts, and they really, like, it's a true love kind of thing. Like, they understand each other, and they just see their lives as being together. But things happen, and Obinze ends up going to England, and Ifemelu ends up going coming to the States for a education. So she comes here to go to college and all she's heard is, all they've heard are great things about life here in the States and this is, you know, where they should come and get their education and, you know, it's it's the best thing they could do. But very soon she finds out that not everything is that great because she has to struggle with getting money to be able to keep on going to school, getting money to get food and pay her rent and pay her bills. and It's a struggle for her coming here as a student and not having a work visa. So it shows the struggle of coming to the States as an immigrant, as having a a picture of what life is here and then realizing that it's not all that great, that there are struggles. And so she has to grow, go through a lot. And because of this, certain things happen that make her just want to cut ties with everything pretty much uh, because she's depressed and she doesn't know what to do. Like, she doesn't find a way out. So, she loses touch with Obinze, and, you know, even though he tries really hard to keep in contact with her, but she is in such a hard depression that she she just shuts him out. She pushes him away, and so she she struggles by herself. But... With the help of a friend here in the States, she actually gets back on her feet. And a lot of things happen, and then eventually, you know, she goes to Nigeria, and she talks about how life has changed there. So, yeah. Americano by Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie, and narrated by by Adjoa Ando. Good job. Thanks. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> the last pick of the audiobooks. Mm-hmm. It's a dual pick. Mountain Man, the quartet. 
by Keith C. Blackmore, narrated by R.C. Bray again. We love R.C. Bray. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, first, the short story, The Hospital. That one is creepy. You need to read it. Oh, The Mountain Man, by the way, is a zombie book, which is awesome. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it goes into other details and aspects that other zombie books don't think about. It's a story about people with zombies in the story. Yes. It's not just about zombies and then people. The Hospital is about Gus, the main character, trying to find supplies in this obviously world that has gone... The world no longer wants him. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. So he's trying to find supplies and he knows, he knows against everything that he shouldn't be going into a hospital because that's like the worst place you can go and get stranded in. Hospitals and apartment buildings. You do not do that in the zombie apocalypse. No, no, you don't. And he knows, but he knows that it's, it's probably full of supplies and he's already gone through everything else in the town, so he's like, well, I really need stuff, so I guess I'm going to go. And he takes a chance. Da, 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 da. And stuff happens. <laughs> Lots of stuff. Yes. It's very interesting, and it's a short story. So, you know, if you don't know if you want to read or listen to the whole quartet, get the short story. Um... It's, you know, and then get a feel for it. See if you like it or not. I actually got the short story first, and then I was sold. I was like, yeah, I'm getting the whole thing. <laughs> I read, I, I listened to the, the short story last, but, you know, it happens. <laughs> <laughs> I started right off with The Mountain Man, the first, um, it's a novella, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or is it a novel? It's a novel? I think it's a novel. Well, how we got it, it was the Omnibus. So it, it was, was yeah. one through three. Mountain Man, Safari, Halifax. Mm-hmm. They, you have to listen to all three of them. You can't just <laughs> go Mountain Man and stop. You, it's going to force you to go to Safari. Safari is going to force you to go to Halifax. And then Halifax is going to force you to listen to Well Fed. Like, there's no way around it once you start it. You're going through it. So, like she, like, like Jacinia said, listen to the hospital first. <laughs> Cause if you just go Mountain Man, even if you don't think you like the story, it's gonna make you wanna listen to the next one to find out what happens. So, that's the fair warning. That's the only warning you get. <laughs> yes. It's really good. A zombie book follows Gus and then eventually other people that Gus meets along the way. Trying to survive after the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, it's quite interesting. The take they they have on this on the zombie thing is pretty. There's there's nothing else that does it, like no other book or show that does it outside of The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead is the closest you can get to it, but it's not even like no, The Walking Dead. It's not. I think I think uh, Keith C. Blackmore does. Point out some good, you know, good stuff. He definitely makes you think about the things that people usually don't think about when it comes to... (laughs) Yeah, the zombie (laughs) apocalypse. You're like, oh yeah, why didn't anyone else think about that? Right. So yeah. 
So read it. We encourage it. You know, just go for the short story first. See if you like it. And then you can decide after that. Mountain Man, The Quartet, by Keith C. Blackmore. And the short story is called The Hospital. Narrated by R.C. Bray. R.C. Bray. Just, just listen to everything he does. Yeah. <laughs> we, we kind of went on a crazy hunt for R.C. Bray. <laughs> so, yeah. So that concludes our episode two. Hope you enjoyed it. We do. We hope that you will join us next weekend. Next Saturday. Next Saturday for our third podcast. We'll let you know what it's going to be about through social media. <laughs> we expect to see you there. Litzy, um, Goodreads. You know where we are. You can find us. We do have a Twitter. Yeah, there you go. What is that, 160 characters? <laughs> there you go. See you guys next weekend, and be safe. Till then, read. Keep on reading. Book is Impulse is out.